welcome to the Average Football Pod. My name's Craig Turner. Uh, we're on episode six of the season so far since we've launched. So if you're new, welcome. So what we'll be currently going through is the games of the week in the in the Premier League. And uh, how this is an average pod is that it's an averagely run podcast. Um, so if you haven't listened to this before, so basically I go through all the fixtures. And I start with the lower teams first, teams that are not necessarily going to get all the attention, and then talk about the big games going through um, going through to the big game of whatever the weekend is. And also give you some games to look out for around Europe. So um, there's not many to choose from this week, but uh, last week was an absolute joy of a weekend of um, European football because the... English football was rubbish from a United point of view. I'm a United fan, by the way, so really bad. Really, really bad from United's point of view. But there we go. We'll talk about that later. So games of the week this week are on Saturday. First game on BT Sport at 12.30, you've got Leicester versus Arsenal. Then three o'clock, you've got Watford versus Southampton. Newcastle versus Chelsea. Man City against Crystal Palace. Liverpool against Brighton. Burnley against Brentford, and then at 5.30, you got Spurs against Man United. That's on Sky Sports. Then on Sunday at 2 o'clock, you got Norwich versus Leeds. And at 4.30, you got Villa versus West Ham, all on Sky Sports. And on Monday, Monday Night Football, Sky Sports again, Wolves versus Everton. So, and that's the 8 o'clock kickoff. So, there are some interesting games coming up this week. So, always we start with the first game of the week. So, first game is, of course, the Leicester versus Arsenal game. Both teams are coming off really good wins in the league and cup um, over the last few days. Uh, Leicester going through on penalties against uh, Brighton and Arsenal getting a good win um, a midweek. And also last weekend, you had Arsenal beating Villa last Friday. A fantastic result for them. They played really well as well because I watched them first half and a bit of the second half and they were, they looked comfortable against Villa. Villa didn't really turn up and um, had a lot of defensive errors going on in Villa. Uh, Leicester, they had a really tough game against Brentford to get through last week and they come through winning 2-1 which I think if you get a win against Brentford this year really puts you in good stead really because um, I think Brentford's going to be a really tough place to go to. Look at Liverpool. Um, and Chelsea, they both have struggled there this year. Right, Chelsea got the win, Liverpool got a draw, but it does look like it's going to be a really, really tough place to go, especially if you're a top top six side, I think. Um, so, yeah, and there's also some good news for Vardy fans. Jimmy Vardy should be playing this weekend. Um, he came off last week against Brentford with a knee injury. Um, well, a slight knee niggle, uh, Brendan Rodgers said, but he should be okay to play Arsenal. He loves a big Big game. He loves playing against the big side. So um, I've got a feeling that Vardy's probably going to score if he plays. If not, they've got Dakar. And Dakar is ready to go. Um, he's he's done wonders since he's come to Leicester already in the um, the games that he's played in. Um, you look at his stats. He's got nine, you know five goals already. He's got a few assists. Does look like he's playing like he's the next ready replacement for Vardy. And he looks like the fans will get behind him as well. He seems like a genuinely lovely guy. Um, a player who's really on form at the moment and is going under the radar a little bit is Tielemans. Um Scored two goals. And if you saw the goal against Brentford last week, what a volley that was. What an absolute hit. I do recommend go check it out on YouTube if you can or anything like that. He has... What a goal. He doesn't score bad goals, uh, Tielemans. So he's really, really on fire at the moment. Really on form. 
And if you listen to the Fantasy Football Pod, um, he's top goal score, he's top point scorer in the midfield for them. So definitely someone to put in your side. Problem Leicester is that they just struggle to keep clean sheets. Um, that's the thing that's holding them back a little bit. They just have to score more goals in opposition, which against the better opposition will get found out a little bit. And Arsenal haven't lost a game and or haven't are unbeaten eight games at the moment. That shows that Arsenal are really on good form. Um, you've got Aubameyang scoring goals. They've got goals. Um, Smith-Rowe's playing well. Saka's playing well. They're starting to get a bit of a structure. And they look solid at the back as well. Um, the Ramsdale's played really well. He's getting some really good um, minutes in now that he's joined Arsenal. I think there were some doubts over his quality. But he's pushed Lena out and he's he looks like his Arsenal first choice in the league anyway. Um in the Cups, in the FA and League, it looks like that's going to go to Leno. But Ramsdale is Arsenal's first choice in the league. So, um, yeah, he looks like he could be a really good buy for him. It's expensive, £40 million. There's a lot of pressure on him to come into that side and do well, considering what he's had the last two years. But, um, yeah, he seems like he's settled in well. Um, both teams are sort of looking to push up the league table a little bit. Leicester's had a little bit of a stop-start season. Same with Arsenal. Really bad start of the season. And now sort of going on the radar a little bit, creeping up the table. Uh, it seems like Arteta is getting things in line. Sounds like Arsenal fans are not overly happy with how they're playing still. But at the moment, I said this to a Spurs fan last week, it, it shouldn't matter about how Arsenal are playing. I know Arsenal have a certain way of playing, and that's been ingrained with Wenger for all them years but at the moment it's all about results and Arsenal need to get results rather than performances let the results come performances come second it's all about results for Arsenal they need to get back into European football um, Conference League or Europa League if they can because they're not champ- they're not good enough for Champions League but they need to get try and break that mould again by n- having European football because they're a European club that's not playing European football. And you've got likes of Leicester, Villa, um, Spurs in a way. United are struggling a bit. Um, Brighton could be that team that props up. Newcastle next year especially. And Aston Villa, the money they're investing. You look at them and they're going to be pushing Arsenal now for these European places. So they really need to kick up and sort of put their little weight behind of where they should be. It's on BT Sport, like I say, and it should be a really good game to watch. I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in it. It'll be a 1-0, 2-1 game, but there definitely will be some talking points and some really good football on show. And um, the game, Leicester Arsenal seems to do some really, really good games. Um, Vardy loves a game against Arsenal. He scored some goals last year against them um, and some really nice, lovely Vardy celebrations to go with that as well. So, um Good start today. Good start of the weekend. Good start to the Premier League, that is, I think, for all you to want to watch it. So next game, we're going to talk about some of the three o'clocks. So let's start at the game, two of the games that probably be last on match of the day, if you're going to watch that. Watford-Southampton. Now, Watford last week had an absolute incredible win against Everton. No one saw that result coming at all. No one thought Everton would capitulate as much as they did against Watford and no one had Josh King to get a hat-trick either um, especially after the week they had against a Liverpool so um, Watford are wanting to keep that form keep that momentum going into the Southampton game Southampton on the other hand they're just just a bit off at the moment they're just 
there's no there's no talk over Hassan who losing his job, which is great for him. But Southampton are just their form is really patchy. Just it just seems a bit off at the moment. You know, they've they beat Burnley they drew the Burnley, beat Leeds, but lost to Chelsea, lost to Wolves and you know, it's they're in the table wise, they're just they're sitting sixteenth, you know, eight points. Underneath them, you look at Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich. They're better than Norwich. Everyone's better than Norwich at the moment. Um, they're better than Watford, I'd say, but above it, I don't know. It's a, a they're better than Burnley, I guess. But it's, it's tricky to see where Southampton are going. They've got a very young side, and they brought in a lot of young players in the summer and um, buying players from youth academies like Chelsea's and teams like that just to. You know, some of the best talent out there, they bought them out, right? So there is something building there. It's they're just inconsistent. And I think Southampton will stay up. But I don't think they'll... I, I think they'll be lower half the table. Um, maybe creeping into mid-table, but I can't... I just think with mid-table with Southampton, you've got far, far better teams above them at the moment and going into them... Europa Conference League positions or even up to 10th as better teams than them. But I just, I, I I don't see where Southampton are going at the moment. It's a bit of a strange one for them. Um, Watford, on the other hand, Josh King probably, probably played the best game he's ever had, scoring a hat-trick last week. Um, that came from nowhere. And you look at Watford and maybe defensively, they're just a bit suspect at the back still. Uh, Danny Rose didn't play last week, which seems to be all the cause and jokes from a lot of people because he had a really bad game against Liverpool. But um, because he didn't play, it seems like the only reason that Watford won. So um, I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in this, but if there is, great. It, um, but it will definitely be one of the last games of match of the day and it won't get a lot of attention from the general media, I don't think. So um, there we go. There's a little preview of that one, which you won't get anywhere else, I don't think. Uh, next game, definitely last game on Match of the Day. Definitely. This is uh, Burnley against Brentford. Um, Burnley are playing well, but I worry about Brentford in a way that no other people are talking about. Is that Brentford are playing really, really good attacking football, really going for the games. And we've seen clubs do that before. And they do, they have a really good few results at the start of the season. And then by Christmas, they tail off and they get themselves in that relegation battle. And then rash decisions gets made. Um, I feel that might be the same way at Brentford. Is that they start off well. They really are involved in it and really having some really good games and giving the top teams really tough battles. But... I just worry that they're just going to get dragged into relegation by not being consistent enough and being a bit suspect at the back. Um, you know, they, they they can see three against Liverpool, but it seems like anyone anyone the last few games, if you can keep the score down to two against Liverpool, it's actually a good result. Um, Chelsea, they played really well against Chelsea and were unlucky to lose that game. Again, same with Leicester. They lost 2-1. That's three. That's a draw and two losses. I know that's not the last few games I've had, but you look back on that and you go, "Yeah, that's that's games they sh not necessarily would have lost. They would lose anyway. But to have two one up against Leicester or be one all against Leicester and lose two one, not getting their chances away against Chelsea, 
things like that will add up at the end of the season. And I think it seems like they're going for the results against the smaller sides. And Burnley could be prof- perfect opposition to Brentford to get them back up and running into the season. Burnley, on the other hand, are just haven't started. They haven't, um, they haven't started their season really. And that's usually traditionally with Burnley that gets to the Christmas time and they shock people and they get some shock results. They go on a little bit of a run. They pick up results here, there, and everywhere, and that'll be them for the season. That will keep them up. Maxwell Cornet has been. Quite a good, shrewd little buy for Sean Dyche's team. I think um, he scored a few. He scored three goals already. He's not a striker, but it seems like he's got a bit of pace. The goal, he, the second goal against Southampton, was a fantastic early strike. Keep took the goalkeeper by surprise by the fact he hit it so early, and he could be that sort of that thing that Burnley need actually going into the coming into the season. Actually, that that little bit of quality that they didn't have and it would be interesting to see if Burnley actually strengthen a little bit more in them areas in January um, they need a goal scorer because Harvey Barnes and Chris Woods as much as they are really good strikers they're not goal scoring strikers and I, I know they come at a premium and you've got to take a risk on a couple of strikers if you get a couple of players and thinking that they could do it but they just need a little bit more pace around them, I feel. They haven't got that pace, and I think that's where they just struggle a little bit. Um, bad news for Brentford is their goalkeeper's out for four months. Um, he's got a knee injury, so... Um, <sighs> reserve goalkeepers, they, they he could do well. They they might not. There's, there's, sometimes there's a reason why they're reserve goalkeepers. So... Um, this could be the problem for Brentford is that David Reyes has some really good performances and done some really good saves and performed out of his skin for Brentford. The reserve goalkeeper is a reserve goal for the reason. So it'll be interesting to see how he, they do this weekend coming into Burnley, who will be a really physical side as well and be really putting their crosses and roughing up the goalkeeper a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on. So, Definitely last game of the match of the day. Last game, and it'll be one of them games that if you saw on TV, but no, thank you. But who knows? It could be interesting. Moving on to another three o'clock. City against Palace. Man City are absolutely brilliant at the moment. Um, scoring goals everywhere. Right, they got knocked out of the League Cup for the first time in five years. But you look at the team that Man City put out for that. They should have been. They should have won that. Um, Phil Foden is 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 incredible at this moment in time, and probably will win Young Player of the Year in the when the FIFA awards come up, um, and also he'll probably win PFA Young Player of the Year as well. I, I've got feeling between him and Greenwood, I think it will be between, but he's definitely that player that will win it. Um, didn't realise until they said midweek. Um, Phil Foden's actually scored more goals than anyone in the Premier League in 2021. So for for that stat to come out is incredible. Because uh, he missed the first five games of the season as well. Um, he's he's performing really, really well. Um, slight debate over the goals that he scored against Brighton. Uh, maybe they didn't really belong to him. But there we go. It seems like if they brush off the player now, it goes to them. Um he seems like he's one of the first names on the team sheet now for Man City, along with him and Grealish. Um, he's playing exquisitely well. 
Um, Kevin De Bruyne should play again this weekend, hopefully. Um, Palace, Palace, on the other hand, playing really good football. Um, got a really young side, still trying to bed in together, still trying to gel. Um, made a lot of changes in the summer, management-wise and uh, personnel in players. Lost a lot of players due to out of contract. Um, and just trying to sort of build something new and early, really early stages of this process. But it seems like they've got something there. And uh, Palace um, were unlucky last weekend uh, to draw uh, against Newcastle last weekend. And uh, with a last-minute goal by Benteke to be ruled out. Benteke seems to have found some form all of a sudden again. It seems like he's got a player that a manager that believes in him. And maybe this is Aston Villa Benteke that we saw seven, six, seven years ago, however long it was now. It's been a long time since he showed that ruthlessness in front of goal. And if Palace have got Aston Villa Benteke, Palace will stay up comfortably this year. Really, really comfortably. The problem with Palace is that they just, if he, if he's the, the goal scorer of the last few years, or the player that he was last few years, where he'll only chip in seven, eight goals a season, which is not good enough. Andre Ayew's not going to score the goals either. And then you're left with Zaha, who is injured, gets tackled a lot, fouled a lot, and you just think you can't rely on him all the time. I don't know where Palace's goals are coming from, and they need that goal scorer. They really do. Um, Maybe Edouard could be that player that gets them the goals, but it's still a little bit too early to say. So, um, but then maybe Edouard coming in gave Benteke a kick at the backside that he needed. That he's got that challenge now, and um, that Benteke has finally sort of clicked it together and wants to show what he's worth. But I, I don't know with Benteke. You just don't know. But this could be a good game. But it could be exactly how it was last week. That I, I said last week that I thought Brighton were going to turn up, play really well. Second half, they played really well. Most of the game was in the second half, but of in Brighton in Man City's area. But I think Man City just let them when you're three 0 up after half time. Uh, Brighton have to chase the game, and Brighton played really, really, really well. But they just don't have the quality that Man City do, and it could be the same today. Uh, sorry, tomorrow is that Palace on paper and look at the form and look how they're playing are playing really, really well. But Man City will probably score four against them. It could happen because Man City just seem like they're just on fire at the moment. And they've got midweek fixtures again. Champions League's back this week. And then they've got the Manchester Derby the week after. So there could be some heavy rotations going into this game again. Who knows? Who knows? So definitely a game to look out for this weekend. Uh, Last game on Saturday. uh, I'm going to gloss over the Liverpool-Brighton game. Fantastic game. Salah's on fire. Liverpool on fire. Who knows what the score could be? It could be a three, four, five nil. It, like I said earlier, if you if you don't let Liverpool score two goals, then you've done well. You've if you can get under two, happy days. You've done well because Liverpool are absolutely banging goals in left, right, and centre. Sarah is the best player in the world right now. Uh, then you've got Firmino, Manny, Keita. I don't know if he's playing. I'm not sure if he's fit um, after last week's challenge from Pogba when he had to come off. But you got Van Dijk. Playing like keeping clean sheets, Trent Alexander-Arnold. They've got that core back together, and Liverpool will be knocking on the door for the title this year. It will be between the three 
Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea this year for the title. So um, it, it will be a really, really good game to see um, for Liverpool fans. Uh, Newcastle, Chelsea. Um, uh, Chelsea didn't have a striker last week and scored seven. So they're going to this game with no striker again. Newcastle will be still bouncing over the fact that they've got these new ownerships and Mike Ashley's gone. Steve, first game without Steve Bruce at home. So they'll be really buoyed by that and the atmosphere will be crackling. But Chelsea will be maybe a little bit too much for them. Bad news for Chelsea is that Kovacic is injured. So maybe this could be a chance for um, Saul to come in and um, show what he's actually worth and show that he's, actually, you know, show the Chelsea fans what they bought. Uh, or what they've got on loan um, this year. So, who knows? Be interested to see. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me, guys. Right, last game on Saturday. We've got Spurs versus Man United. Oh, my God. As a United fan, I have to watch this and suffer with what this boring, boring game will be because Spurs are playing badly. United are playing badly. It's... This has got the hallmarks of being one of the worst games of the season. Really, really does. Um, I think the thing that will help is that there will be fans there and it would drive players on. Because I think if it was closed behind closed doors like it was last year, it's going to be awful. But Spurs with Son and Kane up top, you think they are going to cause problems? Um the smart thing with Spurs last midweek, they played midweek against Burnley. Man United have had all week to get ready for this game. They didn't play midweek. They got knocked out of the, the Carabao. So they've had a whole week to get ready for this game. And with what happened last weekend, there needs to be an improvement. There needs to be a performance. Um, and I feel sorry for Solskjaer with the pressure that he's under, but that's the pressure of being Man United manager. And unfortunately... The media outlets will take on what Twitter says a little bit more than what anything else is. Um, and if the rumours like that he's got three games left, I think that's really harsh. Because he he done well last year. Second league last year. You cannot begrudge him for that. That's really good season. Um, but there we go. It's, it is the cruel, cruel world of uh, football management and also how the modern day football fan is now. Um, on Tottenham side of things, Nuno's under pressure. I um, don't really understand why, but he's not what Spurs wanted. He weren't the manager what Spurs wanted. I don't know who Spurs wanted as manager because every manager they went for didn't want the job. So there's something there internally why Spurs can't get a man the managers that they want. That's considering what Spurs have with the training ground and the football ground itself and the team. You think, why couldn't you attract a better manager? Or I'm not saying Nuno is a bad manager either. Nuno is a great manager. You just need, they just need time to let him bed in. Again, he's only had, what, 15, 16 games. It's, it, he's done okay. He's done all right. It's all about perform, it's all about results at the moment for new managers need some results. They don't need performances, they need results. And football's a results business. So if you don't get the results, then you do get going. Nuno is getting results at the moment. He's not getting performances, but results. So it'll be interesting to see what the match will be like on Saturday night. I'm not holding my breath for a goal fest. I'm not holding my breath for a decent match. So I'm going to have to sit, watch it, 
and maybe for I don't know. It's I it's it could be a really bad game, so who knows? Um most people may not Spurs fans, so just watch it and suffer like everyone else is, suffer like I will. Right, going on to Sunday's games. Uh Norwich against Leeds. This is a fascinating game. Um both teams need a win. Both teams need a result. Leeds are gradually are trying to just kick their seasons in gear. Like they just stop starting all the time. They're not getting anything. Like they're really just not really kicking up anything. They're just a bit mundane. You know, sitting seventeenth at the moment. Got a good draw against Leeds last week with the with um last minute penalty that they won. Um, I think the best thing that Leeds have got is that Norwich are awful at the moment. Really, really, really bad. Really bad. So Leeds will go in this thing. They have to win it. So there's pressure on them. And Norwich can go into this game going, we need to get a positive result. And a positive result is a draw or a win. So that's the positive for Norwich this this weekend coming. Norwich will Norwich fans will go behind them and really push that team on um and especially against Leeds where they might feel they can get something here um Leeds are always open with the counter attack and if Norwich play well or play right then that's the way to hit Leeds hard um luckily for Leeds uh Rafinha should be playing and should be fit after coming off last week uh Norwich um just want to forget about what happened last week and just move on and get on to the next game. Like, Man United, like I said about Man United, it's another game, another another match. Get on with it and move on. It was a bad performance last week and put in a good shift, a good performance going into this game. Losing 7-0 to Chelsea is not a... It's a bad result, but it's 7-0 against Chelsea. If it was 7-0 against Burnley, there's another matter. No offence, Burnley. But there are you can get away with a 7-0 loss away from home to Chelsea. So they will really want to sort of kick back and kick start and get back into sort of, I'd say winning ways, they haven't won a game yet. They just want to take a lead in the game. It would be interesting what Norwich do if they score first because they haven't done that yet. So I don't know what's going to happen this game. It could be a good game. It could be a turgid game. But it's worth to watch on Sunday. Um, another game I forgot to mention, actually. Um, so, Saturday, you've got um, the biggest game in the championship at the moment. You've got Fulham versus West Brom. So, two teams got relegated last year. Both looking to bounce back into the premiership last year. Fulham are on good form. West Brom are in good form. Definitely worth a watch. And it's probably the biggest game of the championship this season so far before they meet again in March. So, have a look at that. Also, uh, just a little bit on Villa-West Ham. Um, West Ham are on fire at the moment. Villa just conceding goals and just don't look like they're currently at the races a little bit. Um, I thought they were going to be better against Arsenal. They didn't really do that. So, um, hopefully, this could be a game that kickstart their season. doesn't seem like Villa's played at home at all this week, this year, actually. All the good results seem to have come away from home, apart from the Everton game. Um and West Ham on fire. Antonio do, is doing so well up top and scoring goals for him. So will be a good game on Sunday. And then last game on Monday night, 
You've got uh, you've got Wolves against Everton. Very attacking team. Wolves are always going for it. Um, and just gradually getting back in. Just gradually finding their feet with the new manager. With Bruno Large. So, um, I think Wolves by maybe Christmas. Maybe into the new year. Could be that team that teams want to avoid. Because I think everything would have clicked together by that point. And then maybe in January after they've added a few, couple of new faces again few Portuguese faces because let's face it it will be um they could do quite well into the season and maybe look to push the um, Europa League um conference going into the new season into next season okay right so that's this weekend's games oh Everton as well for Carson should be back um and want to really bounce back from their defeat last week from Watford Okay, games around Europe, not as many as it was last week. There was lots last week, and we had an absolute joy watching some of them last week. The PSG Marseille game, odd, very weird. Um, a lot of crowd problems, and Marseille going to get dumb and get into a lot of trouble for that. And Juventus Inter, very good game, very, very worth, very good game to watch. Juventus are struggling still, though. They lost midweek, struggling. So this week, we're going back to PSG versus PSG again. It's PSG versus Lille. This is tonight, Friday. It's BT Sport. No Mbappe. It is currently the league leaders against last year's champions. Shock champions as well. Um, both teams... Positino's under pressure from some parts of the French media and pa- some parts of the Paris Saint-Germain fans because they're unhappy that they're not get, he's not getting the best out of Messi who hasn't scored in the league yet and um, could... And they just want to see Messi scoring goals. Doesn't everyone? But um, yeah, um, I don't really understand why there's pressure on him. Because he's top of the league by seven points. So, But it's a league that they're expected to win. So maybe that is that. Lille, new manager at the start of the season. Um, just trying to find their feet a little bit. Had a few new signings. Lost a lot of the players that they've had. So um, just trying to find their feet a little bit trying to get back into them in ways. They're not doing too well in the Champions League. Um, and they just sort of just look like they just need a bit of luck on their side, I would say. They just need a bit of luck and just sort of um, get back into the swing of things because they're currently sitting a uh, little 10th at the moment and um, they haven't won a game in four. Um, and the last one against Marseille. So... Um, they just yeah, and they just need to kick start the season really, get back into that winning way to where they were last year when they won the title. And the other game on Sunday is uh, Roma against Milan. Uh, second versus fourth. Uh, Jose is um, got a win uh, midweek against uh, uh, I can't think of the name, but an Italian team in the league. I will have a look, get that team right against the C. Um, I think. I keep saying, but I, in my head, I've got Bologna, but it's not Bologna. It it was uh, Calgary. So, um, yeah, uh, they beat Calgary 2-1 after a, a few bad results, really, in Europa League and losing to Juventus and um, also losing to Nap- drawing 0-0 to Napoli with him getting sent off. Um, so they just want to... Just, they got back into winning ways and they just want to get back into sort of chasing for that league. He wants... Sorry say they, he wants to get back into running running for the title this year because he believes that the title's there for him. Um, Napoli and Milan are currently top um, with 28 points. 
Uh, Napoli and Milan don't want to lose touch on each other, so it's important for Milan to get um, a result here as well, because if Napoli win, then the gap just gets bigger to three. Um, also, Juventus are, are falling behind. Uh, the 12 points behind league leaders, so that's never been caught up in Syria, and you just think they're not going to win it. That's Juventus' title's not going to be this year, so it will be between Napoli, Inter, Milan, Roma. So there is going to be a, potentially a new winner again. It could be Inter's title to win again, but it could be a very, very tight Serie A this year. So keep an eye on that as we go through the games this season. Right. That's the end of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you've got any questions or anything like that, then check, email me at theaveragefootballpod at gmail.com. And please rate and review the podcast on Apple iTunes as well. Give it high reviews, please. I know it's not the best podcast in the world. So three stars if you want. So it's an average review. Um, That'd be fantastic. All right. I hope you have a lovely weekend. I hope you enjoy the football. And I will speak to you next week. Goodbye.